Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Something's gone awry. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Flabby, helpless, and a parasite in the community. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Hey, I like this place. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. We are going to get off and we are going to walk home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about spoiled kids. Spoiled kids, Amy. Other people's spoiled kids. <laughs> right, not ours. It's very easy to spot in other people's kids. Yes, I do notice that. Almost all things are easier <laughs> yeah. to spot in other people's children than our own. But first, I have a mailbag. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Amy wrote to the What Fresh Hell Facebook group. Different Amy. You weren't writing to yourself. Different Amy. Yeah, I didn't write myself this. You're not seeding the uh, What Fresh... You're not stuffing the ballot box at What Fresh Hell. Wow. No, I'm not. So Amy wrote into our group. You can always find our group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash What Fresh Hell cast. She says, I tell everyone I know about your podcast. I have started introducing it as, you know, I listen to that mom podcast I really like. Anyway, yesterday, Amy says, I found myself explaining that becoming a first time mom during a pandemic and becoming a a second time mom during the same pandemic has been hard because I wasn't able to meet other moms or caretakers. I explained to my parents, even if I'm alone taking the girls on a walk and I listen to this podcast, I come home feeling like I met with a mom's club. Just wanted to thank you both and this community for being my mom tribe these past nearly two years. Love it. Love it. I know. I love that, Amy. So glad you listen. So glad. Now we're going to tell you how you can make sure those two beautiful little girls are never, ever spoiled. We're going to solve it for sure. <laughs> so I thought we'd start with the definition of what we mean when we say spoiled, because it's like, it's another one of those like, well, I know it when I see it, but what is it exactly? Right. What's driving it? All right. So I have two definitions for you. There's a psychologist named Charles Thompson who says, a spoiled child has the I want, I want syndrome. The philosophy of life is life is not good unless I'm getting my own way. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of adults like this, too. I was going to say, yes, exactly. Spoiled children, spoiled adults. Yeah. I mean, maybe the problem with the spoiled child is their low power strategies of dominance, like the whining and the right. Like a spoiled adult in a restaurant is less bothersome than a spoiled child in a restaurant. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Debatable. I might have to push back on that. They're both very annoying. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm right about that. I withdraw that. Having waited tables, their spoiled oh. adult can be extremely annoying. And we're going to get to that, like the spoiled adult maybe is creating the spoiled child more than we realize. But Mm. so in the 1980s, Dr. Bruce McIntosh came up with this definition. He tried to get spoiled child syndrome, I guess, into the... um, DSM-3R or whatever, yes. He says, spoiled child syndrome is characterized by excessive, self-centered and immature behavior resulting from the failure of parents to enforce consistent age-appropriate limits. He or she is defiant, hostile, and aggressive, Mm. and neither adults nor other children want to have anything to do with him or her. Wow, that is tough, Dr. McIntosh. Axe to grind, Dr. McIntosh. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, is there really, other than in like a Roald Dahl book, a child who is so spoiled that spends 100% of their time being somebody that nobody adult or child wants to have anything to do with? Or is this more like a crayon in the box? What do you think? Well, I was going to say, are we going to start at like, is this a thing as we often do? Like, is this even a thing? I mean, I think, yes, it probably is a thing. We understand that like, yeah, bratty kids who get their way are obnoxious. But having just returned from Disney World, let me tell you, yes, all the children at Disney World are spoiled and bratty. You know, they're hyped up. They're in this magical environment that's like catering to their needs. And I mean, there's something universal about the kid at Disney World who you've spent like $250 on already being like, today stinks because I didn't get the t-shirt with Baby Yoda on it. You know, I mean, right. it feels like there's at once a lie at the center of this and a universality at the center of this, you know? Yes. And the intensity of the Disney World experience, like I'm thinking like the kid who's hot and has been standing in line for the Peter Pan ride for 75 minutes and the parent who is also hot and been standing in the line with the kid being like, oh, what is this going to take? And it's just a crucible of... Will you stop? Right. And it's everybody meeting in that moment of this is the most ungrateful child that has ever been born. Right. I mean, all kids have these moments. Yes. I'm going to quote Patrick Coleman wrote an article for Fatherly about spoiled kids. It's so good. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. If you read anything in our show notes today, do read this article. If you read one show note, this is the one. Anyway, Patrick Coleman, he talks about the history of being of the concept of spoiled kids, which I want to go back and talk about because it's interesting. But he argues that, yes, spoiled children are a real phenomenon. Most psychiatrists agree that parents can, in fact, Frankenstein a specific kind of curse word into being. So psychiatrists agree it's a thing. It is a thing. It can be a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a thing. Here's where, let's go back to the history, because here's where it's not necessarily a thing. Where I think we get stuck is on the idea of kids today are spoiled. Right. These kids are spoiled. We weren't. Losing sight of the fact that people have actually been saying this since the 1600s. Right. The kids today are spoiled and we weren't. So in the, in the 1640s, apparently, this was in, from the this fatherly article. Oh, back in the 1640s. Yes. 
in France, somebody started using the term enfant espilie, spoiled children. But up until then, hmm. it's the first use of the term spoiled being applied to people and not just to, you know, fruit and vegetables. These children were spoiled and every single generation since then has felt that kids today are too soft. Kids today, as in the kids that they're witnessing, these adults are witnessing, have it too easy, are too soft, need to have things made harder for them. Now, not everybody thinks that way, but some people think that way in every single generation, and they're the ones who say kids are spoiled. That's, I guess, what makes me sort of suspicious of it, that it keeps cycling that way, and that... yes. I think, right, it's the individual maybe versus the generic, right? That like, certainly we've all met kids who we think like, well, that child gets their way too often and is kind of running their parents in a way that seems not healthy for anyone involved. But the generalization of like, oh, you have to put that baby down. You're going to spoil it by holding it too much. And I think we've all had that experience, right? Of somebody of a different generation. Unfortunately, sometimes somebody who's related to us or related to our partner saying that we're going to spoil our child by holding them, breastfeeding them, letting them <laughs> sleep in our arms. I don't know. Like, what are the other things? Giving them candy too close to dinner. I don't know. All the silly things that we do. And it ties in a little bit to your grandma's tweet tweet, right? That like, yes, looking at it and being like, back in my day, we got a single orange and a coin and we liked it. And your kids under the tree have these 40 million electronic cars and toys. And, you know, they're spoiled, which... They are. I mean, fundamentally, they get more than they need. If spoiled means have more things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's truth to what she's saying, but it's a little mystified. I'm a little lost in the like, is that bad? Yeah. Do too many toys on Christmas. Like, what's too many, right? Do too many toys on Christmas morning. Make your child. I'm going to quote from a guy. He was a school superintendent in Missouri in 1905. So he was reeling against spoiled children 115 years ago. He says, children want to take things easy to expect big returns on no investment. This seems natural to many a parent, but it makes the child flabby, helpless, and a parasite in the community. So that's what the, the old lady's saying, right? The grandmother is like, they have too many toys and they're going to become flabby, helpless, and a parasite in the community because they have too many Christmas presents. I mean, that doesn't really track. Yeah, I don't see it. I was going to say, it does not track it. There's a man named Alfie Cohn. He wrote a book called The Myth of the Spoiled Child. All right, I want to hear from Alfie. Lay it on me. He's going to take the other side of this. So we'll talk about, he's got lots of interesting ideas, but he says, you know, making this point that people have been saying kids are today are more spoiled for generations and generations. He says, I'm going to quote from him, the generalizations that one chooses to apply to the younger generation depend mostly on the worldview of the person doing the generalizing. Older people have always insisted that kids are unusually spoiled or that young adults are entitled. That's an interesting corollary to spoiled, right? Yes. But one can make the opposite case, Alfie Cohn says, that today's youth are more tolerant than their parents were. They are more committed to making the world a better place. That's definitely true of my kids. They're growing up in a more tolerant world. Yes. Much more tolerant. Growing up in New York City, they're much more like worldly and aware of how the world works and that there are people who have and people who don't have in this world. Way more than I did, where I was like, everybody's the same as me, right? Everybody lives and a house on the street. I mean, I knew that wasn't true, kind of, but it wasn't my lived experience. Yeah. And yet, my kids have a lot more than I have in terms of exposure to things, in terms of, I don't know, you know, experiences. Does it make them spoiled or does it make them, like awareness isn't spoiled. If you have things and you're aware you have them, then can you be spoiled? 
guess not. I mean, I think that certainly it's always when we use anecdotal evidence, it's always very easy to be like, look at Instagram. Like it's all like, you know, girls posing in their hats on guys in really expensive cars. Like the values of today's youth are terrible and they're all spoiled. But that's never the case. I mean, there are always people who are super materialistic and into things, but that's never the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's a trend towards like, Oh, you know, you don't, I always say this, right? Like, you don't look around and be like, that's the kid, that's the 40-year-old whose mom stayed home with him, and that's the 40-year-old who went to daycare. Like, you're not seeing, that's the kid who was held too much as a child, and that's not. I feel like you don't see it in adults, so it can't really be true. Right. In fact, some people would take the other side that you can tell the child who was held too much as a child because you can't be held too much. And they're the ones who grew up to be happy and well adjusted. I mean, I'm not saying that's true, but you could argue the other side. Right. Yes. Oh, you can tell the adults with secure attachment versus the ones with insecure attachment. Yes. So, yeah, I think the ways that we were told by, you know, the old lady at the store at the fruit stand, you know, that baby's too hot or too cold or, you know, you get like these things. I mean, I don't know why the older generations always feel obliged to do that. And I hope that I don't try to resist no matter when it happens to you emerging from the fog and telling people, yeah, you're holding that baby too much and things only get worse. You must resist. Yeah. Which is not to say that some kids aren't definitely Spoiled. So let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about like what spoiled looks like in our lived experience. I like it. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro <laughs> aunt at this yes. point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. 
If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So I was thinking about this, like, what does spoiled mean, right? And I have a perfect example for you. Okay. Because I did start from where you started, like, is this a thing? Is it fair to ever call kids spoiled? I'm like, no, this kid. And of course, as we said in the beginning, not my own kid. One day, we had a family come to visit us that we didn't know that well. They're having lunch, and I walk into our, you know, like the living room, and there was a big light, like a big, you know, those big round sort of paper lanterns you see in, in houses sometimes. Like, it's not a fancy chandelier, like pieces of glass. It's just like a big ball that's made of paper almost. There's a light inside it. Paper. This kid was jumping off the coffee table of this rental house and like taking punches at the light (laughs) with his dad standing there like, see if you can get it. Like, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I barely knew these people, right? We had an outing once where we were at an event and there was a like a very young kid, like two years old, who was crawling on a pool table and I was sort of like well I don't think I'd let my kid crawl on the pool table whenever blah, 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 blah. but again the parents were right there I was like I'm not gonna say anything and then at some point the kid was throwing pool ball like the balls from the pool table like at people heavy yeah and we were like ah, stop you know it was like we were just <laughs> under attack basically and yeah I mean I definitely think that is, like you said, the Raoul Dahl version of like, and we're reading, uh, I was talking about on another episode, series of unfortunate events. And there's a character, Carmelita Spatz, and like she falls in with the villains. She's back again. Yeah. And the villains are always like, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. And she's like, I am. Let me sing my song. And they're always listening to her sing. And she's like a horrible, spoiled brat, you know? <laughs> I think the problem with spoiled is that Now we know enough to know that like something's gone awry, you know, it's not just that like nobody like loved that kid too much. It's like something has gone amiss. You know, we've talked about like, why is my kid in charge? Like, I think that that's what we think of as spoiled. But what's really going on there is like a lack of parental control, you know? Yes, a lack of parental control in a different environment. So Dr. Barton Schmidt is a pediatrician, and he talked about sort of why this stuff occurs. And it blew my mind. Like, this unlocked the spoiled child thing Oh, let me hear. Because I was curious, how do you tolerate living with that all the time? Well, you don't necessarily live with that all the time. These kids, at the moment when they act out, it's because they're smashing into walls because they usually live in a world that's different from the real world. Yes. And they're not used to hearing no. And in wherever Rupert's car usually is, he can sit wherever he wants, right? And then all of a sudden, you're in a world where like, no, 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 the expectation is you have to fit into this world. And they don't know how to do that. And so that's when they blow up. So it's a kid who is unused to facing anything uncomfortable, facing something uncomfortable. Yes. That's when spoiled kids act out. And that's why it's something that we usually see in public and other people's kids and our own kids at home, because they are in their own environment at home. We accommodate. Yeah. And they can do what they want at home. They can do what they want. Exactly. And certainly for all of us, we've all been in situations. I had a play date when my son was so young and... 
you know, the house had a ton of rules and our house had rules, but it, this was like, you had to take your shoes off to come inside and you had to, I don't know, there was just a lot of rules at the house and you had to sit before you could this. And it was the most embarrassing play date of my life because my kid just lost it. He was like, I cannot keep up with all of this. And he was stressed out and I was stressed out. And the mom was looking at me like, what kind of monster are you people? Like she was appalled by us. But it is true that like you move into different vessels and like your containment system is this big and someone else's containment system is, you know, one eighth that size and you don't fit, you know? Right. Your kid doesn't fit. And you hope that you've taught your kid in advance to be accommodating, but sometimes... You miss it. Do you remember when we had Mr. D on the show? Yes. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for this episode. He talked about, he's hilarious. He's a kindergarten teacher and he's a stand-up comedian. And we had a really in-depth talk about what he's seeing in kids sort of coming out of the pandemic. This was a year ago. but And he said he usually had one kid in the class who was the kind of kid who, if they get tagged as it, say, and they would be like, I'm not playing. You know, that kid who like when the rules aren't going their way, then they, I quit. He said that after the pandemic, he suddenly had 30 kids who were doing that because none of them, they'd all been stuck at home with, with mom and dad, right? Where they get to do what they want. And this is it. They're facing something uncomfortable. And they were, those muscles were a little atrophied. And so he said, I'm moving away from I don't know, uppercase and lowercase letters. And we're spending more time on using scissors and playing tag and sometimes being it, that this was the lesson that these kids had to learn how to live with something uncomfortable. And I thought that's what it is. I think that's right. That when you have especially little kids who maybe don't have siblings or don't have to share or, you know, have a low frustration point, as we say, like they may until the age of five get their way too much. And that's right. They haven't had the chance to exercise the muscle of like, this is what you're going to have to do in this situation. And that kid is going to get their edges sanded off somewhere in life, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. It's an operating system, basically, right? That like, I feel best and safest when I always get my exact way. And so the parents may find like, okay, the path of least resistance is to just give in and give in. But certain point that kid's going to go to school, they're going to want to date, they're going to want to have friends. And these edges do kind of get sanded off, you know? Yes. I feel like we don't talk about kids being spoiled in 2022, maybe as much as you would have a generation ago. But we talk all the time about grit. The kids need to have grit. And it sort of became clear to me doing the research on this that grit is the opposite of spoiled. Like we're focused less on kids being spoiled, not being spoiled than on them having grit. And when we say kids need grit, we mean we need them not to be spoiled. We need them to be able to face something uncomfortable without falling apart. Yeah, but I also I always push back a little bit on the grit thing in terms of like, it seems like, you know, chasing grit as a thing, you know, like, oh, you need to be you are in the circumstances that you are in and life is going to sand you down. I mean, my husband and I always say that about marriage. Like one of the nice things about being married is that you do sort of have someone checking you a little bit like, hey, that was a little lot at the cocktail party. You know, like I think maybe turn that down a little bit, whatever it is. You're constantly kind of sanding each other. You're like two rocks in the waves, right? You're like smoothing each other out and 
hopefully in a nice and loving way. And I think that what we mean by spoiled is kids who have not had enough time in the rock tumbler, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing I think that has sort of changed our perception is like we now talk about helicopter parents, right? Instead of blaming the kid for being spoiled, we mean we blame the parent for being a helicopter right. parent. Right. This is what I don't like about this, Amy. It's like this is the mom's fault, right? Right. Just stop helicoptering all the time. Right. We've changed it into something that is the parent's fault. And I think that there are things we can do to sand off our kids' edges, but maybe not, maybe not totally, because we're the soft place to fall, right? We just talked about how we're their safe space. And so our kids are going to experience, I guess what we have to do is not try to prevent our kids from experiencing discomfort in the larger world, right? Like sometimes you go, I'm thinking about my son who was a picky eater, and he'd get a little verklempt every time we had to go to somebody's house to eat. You know, what am I going to eat? And I'd say like, well, you know, we're going to figure it out together. And it would often be rolls. It would often be, you know, a piece of bread. But I tried not to over accommodate him or say, you need to make my kid this ahead of time. I tried to just more reassure him that I would help him through the discomfort that he was about to experience. And we would figure it out rather than, you know, change the world to meet him. I feel like that's maybe all we can do. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point about spoiled is that you don't really know what's going on in someone else's home and house. And... You know, I have some kids who are so get along, get along. Like if they were my only kid, I would just look at everybody in the world and be like, what is wrong with you? Like, yes, parenting is the easiest job on earth. I just don't understand why you people are so nutty about it. And then I have a kid who really struggles to adapt, you know, like who really doesn't do well. And like, we're going to this person's house and the food is weird. And, you know, you can't change your shirt when something gets on it and whatever. He has a lot of things that are, he is not able to be flexible about. And it's something that we work on a lot. We scaffold it. Okay, when we go, let's pack an extra shirt. Let's this, let's that. He's doing great but he's just not an adaptable kid, you know? And so Mm -hmm. there are places where I'm sure that people would see me saying like, okay, you got something on your shirt. It's okay. We'll change it. And they're like, well, look at her indulging this kid who like just got a tiny thing on their shirt. Like what's wrong with her as a mom and what's wrong with this kid? And it's like, you don't know what's up with me and my kid. And you don't know that like, yeah, I know that this really bothers him. And so I choose to help him adapt by adapting around him, you know, and if you want to call that spoiled, I guess go take a long walk off a short pier. But what's not happening is it sounds like, well, the birthday party has to end and everybody has to go home because he got something on his shirt or he gets something on his shirt and you didn't have this easy accommodation, which is an extra shirt. And so now he's going to throw a a tantrum and ruin, you know, so-and-so's birthday party. But it might happen like it has happened. You know, it does happen at some times. And I always say, like, I think you're right that like we cannot make the world for our kids. Our kids have to be made for the world. And so that's something we work on all the time, right? Like you may be in a situation, we're thinking of traveling this summer. And one of the conversations I had with this kid is like, okay, it's going to involve a lot of foods you don't recognize and figuring out what to eat. And, you know, you have to prep kids and you have to accommodate them. But I don't think you have to be like, oh, well, too bad. So sad for you, you know, this is just going to be an awful experience for you because otherwise I'm somehow spoiling you. 
No, no. But I think it's okay to have like an honest conversation about like, oh, some discomforts ahead. Let's talk about how you might handle that. Right. I think that's exactly, exactly the way to prevent having a look at that spoiled kid, you know, meltdown in the middle of Disney World. Although that cannot be the goal to have your kid never be the kid that people are tisking at. I don't think it is. Please don't make that your goal. No, that way is not a happy way. I have had the kids on a city bus in New York City. One of my kids was carrying on like screaming so much. And I am a mother who if I threaten something, I follow through on it. Like I don't I'm not an empty threat maker. So this kid was screaming like if you and everybody's looking at us like if you don't stop, we are going to get off and we are going to walk home. Well, this kid was like, fine. Like, I am so... Bring it, mom. Red brain. Right. Like, sure, I'll walk home. And so I said it and like, okay, we're getting off the next stop with like angry stares following us. And then I had to get this like three-year-old to walk half a mile because I showed him we got off that bus because I was so mortified by people thinking that I didn't know how to handle my kid, which... To be clear, I did not in this moment. I didn't know what to do. Which they were right. You were like, ding, ding, guys, you get the prize. You're absolutely correct. Right. I have another reaction to the word spoiled, Amy, and let's talk about it after the break. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. More and more, you hear about the importance of electrolytes as part of staying hydrated because you need the sodium and the potassium, not just the water. And whether you're looking to hydrate during a workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, 7 essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing and without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. They're little packets you can just grab and take with you to mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate. Interesting. My high schooler likes the lemon lime, and she keeps a few handy in her backpack for days that she has practiced after school. These electrolytes have the sodium and the potassium that you need to go with it in the optimal ratio for daily hydration. Visit sportsresearch.com and use code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's sportsresearch, S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate electrolytes order. And now... 
things kids think moms do out of total love for them, but that moms really do out of total emotional exhaustion. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Let's have pancakes for dinner. Let's play who can be quiet for longest. Sure. You guys can go ahead and make a fort out of the living room cushions. Let's have ice cream for lunch. Okay, you guys can watch TV all morning if you make your own breakfasts. It's Yo-Yo Day, kids. You're on your own for all meals and snacks. I trust you to make good choices. You know what, honey? If you go practice that awesome song upstairs for an hour, I'll give you a dollar and you can come sing it for us all at dinner time. You know what? No homework tonight. We're going to skip it. I'll just write your teacher a note. It's pizza movie night, kids. Yes, every Friday. Let's lie down very still on the couch in our PJs right away. This has been things kids think moms do out of total love for them, but that moms really do out of total emotional exhaustion. From the Wet Fresh Hell podcast. Here's another thing that bothers me about spoiled. It's permanent. You know what I mean? It's finite. It indicates permanency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That kid's ruined. Right. You don't unspoil. No, you don't unspoil. Like or an apple doesn't become edible again. Yeah. And that bothers me. Like, I think that all kids can have spoiled moments. I have a kid who we used to talk about as a little kid. He was so into stuff. He just, he would <laughs> carry things to his bed and like sleep with all stuff around him. I mean, coffee cans, like it didn't matter what it was. Abundance, just abundance. of. He was a little hoarder. Like he, we found a political sign from someone's yard in his bed once, like how he got that past us, I will never understand. And we still laugh about that candidate's name who was in his bed for a while, but he was like a magpie. He would find things and grab them and take them with him. Yeah. And we gave and like he would obsess about birthdays and what he was going to get and you know would it but it's like he could not scratch the itch you know it was one of those things it was they say in Alcoholics Anonymous the God-shaped hole like you're trying to fill it with stuff yeah the yard sign shaped hole (laughs) but it's a spiritual longing on some level and this poor kid and so we named it the grabby greedies that was what we started calling this thing he had I love it and He suffered with the grabby greedies for years, but he has gotten older and calmer and he's still like the best car is a Bugatti, like cars I've never even heard of. Like he knows, like he wants. And like when we go to people's houses that are really fancy, he's like, hey, I like this place. Like he's just like a little, (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for? Like he's a little player. He knows the finer things. He wants the finer things in life. He knows the finer things. And he's just like always, whenever we go to someone's fancy house, he's always like right at home. He's like, now I found the place where I truly belong. But He's not spoiled. Like, we've talked a lot about it and we've worked on it some, but he's just a kid who's oriented in that way. And I think I have three kids, like only one of them is that way. And he's very kind. He's very sweet, but he's also very obsessed with like getting good things for himself. (laughs) And I don't know why. Like, have at it. Maybe someday you'll have a Bugatti, whatever that is, right? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows what he'll do? But I do think that That's the other thing. It's like, is he spoiled? I don't think he's spoiled at all. I think he's just got a fascination with that. And, you know, we talk about it and we work on it. But like, 
the idea of like, you're going to do something that is going to ruin your kid, I reject absolutely. Yes, exactly. I wholeheartedly reject this idea, right? That there's, it's too late for you. Your kid is ruined. I hope nobody actually believes that that could be the case. But sometimes the lady at the fruit stand makes you feel that way. Now, can there come a place where you find like, my kid is running my life and I need to go back to one on some of my discipline and boundaries? Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking that like the play date story I was telling about, there is no like that shouldn't have been okay in their own house either. And it probably was like, I don't know what was happening with that dad, but there were definitely right boundaries needed to be set. That was something outside. This kid is tired or hungry and wouldn't usually behave this way. I don't know what that was about. Well, my mom says all the time, and it's one of my favorite terms. We've used it on the podcast before. Boundary seeking behavior Mm -hmm. that like your kid is pushing because they're looking for a wall. They're looking for a container. They don't want to be spilled all over the place. They want to be contained. And so... Yes. If you find that your kid is constantly out of control, you may need to like reset and get some help and read some of the many authors that we've had on the podcast talking about like not having your kid be in charge and, you know, setting up plans and boundaries to contain behavior that you don't want to see in your kid. But that's always possible. It's always possible to like go back to one. Yeah. And there are kids who find that stuff more readily or not. You've heard of the marshmallow experiment, right? Like everybody's heard of this. Oh, yes, I have. This was interesting. I saw I read something really interesting about this experiment. But just to set it up, it was Dr. Walter Mischel and his team. They had a group of kids and they put them in a room and they put a marshmallow in front of them. And they were told that they could eat that marshmallow now or if they could wait a little while then they would be able to have two marshmallows instead of one. And then they basically like left the room and watched what happened. So this the original reason for the experiment, which I didn't know, was to watch the strategies that kids employed to like sit in their hands and not eat the marshmallow that was right in front of them because this would be hard for them. But what it turned into based on the results, it became you know, widely sort of seen as a study that was about delayed gratification and that some kids could delay gratification and some kids couldn't. And the kids who waited for the one marshmallow in that study 12 years later had higher SAT scores than the kids who couldn't wait and ate the marshmallow right away. So the takeaway of the experiment became popularly understood to be make sure you teach your kid to be the kind of kid who can wait for the marshmallow because then they'll go on to be more successful in life. Going back to Alfie Cohn, who takes the side, the myth of the spoiled child, he says all of this is nonsense. He's like, well, wait a minute. Couldn't that actually show that the kids who had higher SAT scores had higher ability also as three-year-olds to come up with strategies to not eat the marshmallow? It just showed that they were more capable and had those strategies more in place as a three-year-old than some other kids do. It didn't make them more able to be smarter in the future. It meant they already were sort of more intellectually perceptive as three-year-olds. It just proved they were already smart. Yes. And had very different life experiences. And that study drives me crazy. And like, I'm always pushing back on these kind of studies. It's like, we found in three-year-olds who blah, blah, blah in the classroom that 15 years later, they were doing, you know, college level math in ninth grade. It's like, that doesn't make any sense because that's not 15 years. But anyway, you know what I mean. Right, right, right. Those studies, they're often studies about 
economics. There's studies about kids who have, you know, food security. Lots of stuff goes into these kind of studies that does not get addressed, you know. Right. And that the outcome for we're talking about spoiled kids and it's like these rich, spoiled kids. In fact, when you break down childhood outcomes, parental wealth is the number one indicator of childhood outcomes, you know? And so the idea of like, well, this spoiled kid, it's like, that's the kid who's doing well on the SATs. He's got all of the resources and he's not eating the marshmallow because his entire life experience has been, there's always marshmallows, you know? Right. And I think that that's where the idea of spoiled gets very turned around and That study particularly, and there's so much interesting writing about it. It's like you're never testing for quite what you think you're testing for, and you're never defining quite what you think you're defining for, right? Mm -hmm. Because if kids just needed grit to get into Harvard, which is what we've been sold by a lot of people, like kids who have really difficult, hard life experiences are often not getting into Harvard. Like, it's not really grit. It's about something else. And it's not about their ability to hold off on a marshmallow for five minutes either. It's not. Right. It's really not. Yeah. So when you were talking about parental wealth being a you know driver of outcomes for kids, SAT scores and success as adults or whatever, right? That's sort of the elephant in the room. Similarly, Alan Kasdan, he runs the Yale Child Study Center, and his theory on spoiled kids is that they're actually mimicking their parents' behavior. He says it's less about getting kids to adjust their behavior to our expectations than in modeling the correct behavior. And he says that if parents are materially, conspicuously consuming and model being wasteful and self-centered and self-focused that that would probably be the greatest driver of having a kid who is those things. Right. Friends, this is the bad news and the good news. It's the same news. Mm -hmm. Your kids are going to turn out how you are. They are going to treat people the way you treat people. They are going to exist in the world the way that you exist in the world. Like, yes, they're going to pick up other things. Yes, they're going to go on their own way in certain ways. But the idea that spoiled is something that happens. It doesn't. Now, there's variations, right? Like I have, I know people who are very, you know, no makeup, athletic, you know, not into fashion and their daughters are like (laughs) only into makeup and dresses and whatever. But in the big picture, the high view, this is the truth that like spoiled, your kids are going to turn out how you influence them to turn out and giving them a ton of love and security and, you know, good feelings and being like a hearth for them is a really good idea. It doesn't spoil them. Mm -hmm. As opposed to a lot of control, right? Which is what I'm going to give you a quote here. Jim Taylor, he wrote a book called Positive Pushing, How to Raise a Happy and Successful Child. He says, spoiled children have a lot of control because they get what they want. But ultimately, that's a scary thing for kids. Boundary-seeking behavior, Amy. That's it. Yeah, right. They're looking for it. You're right. So a spoiled kid at Disney World or your aunt's picnic or uh, on Santa's lap or (laughs) wherever these things are most likely to occur, they're seeking that boundary and they're not finding it. And that's making them more uncomfortable than being too hot in their 
suit and tie or whatever it is. Like you said, you'll know it when you see it. You know it when you feel it too. Mm -hmm. When your kid is out of control and your relationship with them is out of control. And the key to getting back to one with that is like going back to boundaries. Yeah. But the reset's possible. I think that's such an important point you made that spoiled feels always possible. No such thing as spoiled, ruined. Yeah. It is one way and permanent and it is not. We solved it. Doesn't exist. (laughs) Amy, another solve, a huge solve. Friends, if you learned something from this episode, we would love it if you would share it with a friend like Amy said in the beginning in our mailbag, the other Amy. (laughs) She's telling everybody about the podcast and that's what we would love for you to do as well. And you can do it so simply by on the app you're listening to this on, there's a share button. You can literally text, email, or airdrop even this episode to a friend, neighbor, or relation. Yeah, maybe not as a way to passively, aggressively suggest that their kid is a spoiled child. No, I would not do that. Get out there, tell people about the podcast, and share, friends. And with that, we will talk to you next time. So long. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.